Welcome to the Monday Night Raw review for this Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Thank you for joining me, and we're going to get everything underway in just a minute with a full review of Monday Night Raw that took place last night. And there was no shortage of things to talk about with this show. Major developments, surprising developments with the Cody Rhodes injury, Seth Rollins attacking Cody, Edge being banished from his own group. So much to discuss. We're going to get it all underway right after this. Do you guys want a great place to watch live TV at no cost? Then head to DuPontNow.com. That's DuPont, D-U-P-O-N-T, now.com. It's available on Roku, Fire TV, or on any Android device. Some of the networks you get are Artist United TV, Afrobeat, which is 24 hours of music videos, CNBC, Family Feud, Film Rise, and Film Hub, as well as Maverick Black Cinema. Again, there is no cost to you. Head over to DuPontNow.com and go watch live TV for free. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants, me. You're gonna acknowledge me. All right, everybody, welcome to the WWE podcast for this Tuesday, June seventh, twenty twenty-two. Help everybody's doing well as we roll through June. We're already a week into June. And for whatever reason, to me, June seems to go by the fastest out of any month of the year. It doesn't have any fewer days than any other month. It's got a solid 30 days. I don't know what it is because maybe it's the month that, at least up here in the Northeast United States, where things finally get warm consistently. You don't have to worry about even really cold mornings anymore. And you know you've at least got a couple of months of this before it starts to turn the other way again, right? So I, I don't know. Maybe that's that's what it is. But for you know, you blink and it's July, and then you're like, well, this is the hottest month of the year. It's only down from here. And uh, so anyway, enough of my weather report. We're gonna get into the Monday Night Raw review. And like I said, there is a lot to discuss with Monday Night Raw. Some shocking events. One that I am just baffled by, but I hope I'm wrong on that being Edge being banished and turned on by his disciples after Finn Balor joins the group. Still, boy, I I don't know what to make of this. I'm shocked about this, uh, and we're going to get into why they could have done this. I've heard some theories about it, no pun intended, and you know we're going to dive into that. Of course, also John Cena who is announced to return, and that is on June 27th, exactly 20 years to the day since he debuted in WWE on SmackDown, of course, famously against Kurt Angle, saying he brings ruthless aggression and then punching Angle in the face. So I'm sure we'll revisit that. It'd be actually kind of cool if they brought Angle back and then had John Cena interrupt him again, just for, you know, I, I don't know, I... I think that'd be kind of a cool thing to do, and I don't I don't know if they'll do it, but just something to think about. Uh, and so anyway, John Cena is coming back. Do I think it's going to be in a 
in a role that is going to lead to a match to SummerSlam? Probably. I would think probably. I've heard a lot of theories, pun intended, about who that could be. And I don't hate it. You know, John Cena is a big name. He's he's a good promo. Uh, you know, I have nothing bad to say about John Cena at this point and in this stage in his WWE career, if you even can call it that at this point. So we'll talk about that as we get closer and come up with some possible scenarios of what could happen or if it's just a cameo, whatever the case may be. So we're going to dive into that. And, um, you know, I, I got to say one thing off topic if you guys haven't watched Stranger Things, like right now, that's like my wife's and I like uh, obsession. We've seen season one, two, three, and we've gotten through season four, at least through episode seven. And they are waiting until July 1st to release episode eight and nine, which apparently episode eight is like an hour and 30 minutes. And episode nine, I'm not talking about a movie here, talking about a TV show, a single episode The final episode of season four is two hours and 30 minutes. I I mean, that's an hour longer than most movies. And and so that's a, it's a hell of a lot of content. It sounds like I'm complaining, but that hour and and change that each episode is on average goes quickly. So, I mean, I'm not getting obviously paid by Netflix or uh, stranger things to say any of this, but um, definitely if you guys are into it, or have fallen out of it. Uh, season four is dark and it's fun and it makes you want to just keep on going with the season. And so anyway, I just wanted to talk about that. Maybe it's something I'll bring up on the after show, uh, which I don't have a particular topic of yet, but maybe I'll record one tomorrow. The mailbag is also coming tomorrow, guys. It's uh, back to just myself. I know that's a big disappointment for those that love Mr. And Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan as I do. I do as well. But uh, it's back to just me, good old me, that you don't get enough of where you can send your voicemails and emails to me, uh, and I'd love to uh, be able to chat with you. So, all right. Uh, by the way, guys, go ad-free. Patreon. There. I said it. Okay. So, let's dive into Monday Night Raw, guys. Um, hey, what the hell? I mean, that's all I can say. I, I audibly said out loud. As I was watching Raw, my wife was, you know, I was trying to help with the kids as I watch Raw, which is always a, a very, it's, it's such a treasure to be able to try to multitask in that way. Kids running around, it's dinner time. I know I have to watch Raw or I can't do this review, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's such a, it's just a, such a joy. And, and then the wife's getting annoyed that I'm staring at my phone, but I'm still trying to watch Raw and also watch the kids. And then the baby clawing up the stairs. It's wonderful. As I paint this lovely picture for you, <laughs> it's just, it's chaos. It's, it's like from four to eight, four to 7 PM in our household is just, it's absolute insanity as, as anybody with small children probably can attest to anyway. Uh, so that's audibly what I said. I said, as I watch this unfold, what I'm talking about is the judgment day after they introduced a new member, that being the man that many of us heard rumored to join, even Edge himself mentioned him, I think a couple of weeks ago as a potential new member. And after Finn Balor joined, which I actually thought was going to be one of those duping the heel and just, you know, getting his hands on edge, like just trying to get the group to believe that you're in on it 
and then turning on them using their uh, their vulnerability as an advantage. Instead, Finn actually joins the group, and then Damien and uh, Rhea say that what's and Finn have uh, their their unified message was that there's still one thing that's holding them back, and that's Edge. And they promptly proceed to attack Edge. Damien first hits a clothesline. Edge is shocked. And then we got the brutalization of Edge going through the announce table. Perfectly, perfectly placed, by the way. And then also we got a a, a concerto as Edge gets shipped off to the local medical facility. And like, I have no problem with this happening. If it was like six months from now, see, again, I have no issue with this group existing and it being created to simply disintegrate, but create bigger stars out of it. I have no problem with that. None whatsoever. And again, it's not the concept. It's the timing. What the hell are they doing with Edge here? He just turned heel. I think he was doing an excellent job. It wasn't as if this whole turn was a flop and people are still cheering for Edge because they don't want to hate him. No. Edge had everyone booing him. And he had just convinced us all about him wanting to go to the dark side and this seed was planted 20 years ago in the Ministry of Darkness with The Undertaker. All that. And it was convincing and believable and he was cutting great promos on a weekly basis. He was a shining light of Monday Night Raw. One of. And they're disbanding him already. Or just banishing him. I guess the group isn't disbanded. He's just banished. He's been ousted as the leader. Presumably that has been taken over by Finn Balor and or the demon. Whichever personality he wants to bring out. So I, I, I just I don't understand why so why so soon. You just got going. This just started. And as I was thinking about it, I was kind of you know racking my brain and, and people were saying to me, well, it's because Cody, right? The Cody injury. They got to turn Edge back to a baby face. No, they don't. No, they don't. Why? What? You want to turn someone back baby face? Kevin Owens is already there. You, you, wanna, you need a top baby face? Kevin Owens can be that guy. He's likable. He's hard to hate. The only time he actually made me want to see him get his ass kicked is when Stone Cold returned. That's it. I mean, outside of that extreme example, it's really hard to dislike Kevin Owens. Put him in that spot for a while. You know? Plus, Kevin Owens would be a guy that could be there every week and and, and wrestle every week versus Edge, who has got very limited time on his body. He's about 15 years older than Kevin Owens much more mileage so it doesn't make sense to me now the fans will get back with edge they already turn because of uh you know the the numbers game and the psychology behind it and people remember how great edge is and they appreciate it and you know all that whole thing and so the psychology isn't going to be the problem the fans will get right back on board and they'll cheer edge and I, i understand why but edge just got going man edge must be like hey what, what are we doing here? I've been on an effing roll. My job is to prop up these guys and gals, help them get to that next level. We just started. 
what are we doing? I I am just again, what they did, no problem with it. Makes sense. But it's about six months too early. So all right, well, I'm repeating myself, but I was very off put by this and sh- and shocked. And I, you know what? I I could be totally wrong on this. And I hope I I hope I am, but I've never seen a group that has so much momentum and gelled so well together, oust its leader so quickly like they did with Edge. It doesn't make sense at all. Uh, But again, hey, I'm not the genius in the boardroom or in the creative meetings or production meetings. I don't know what's coming. I don't know their future plans, but I guess time will tell. Right now, I'm just a, I'm shocked. And if they did this as a knee-jerk reaction to balance the equation of Cody Rhodes being out for four to six months or however long he says he's going to be out, I don't agree with it. You know, you, I, I think you could you could elevate a guy like Kevin Owens, for example, to that position. No problem. He, he's a shoo-in. But anyway, very shocked about this. I, I, I'm just, I, I don't agree with it as it stands right now. And, I, you know, I could be proven wrong, but uh, all right. Moving on to uh, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Cody came out and used all these big fancy words instead of just plain English to, I guess, go with his well-read perception and his $80,000 suits and whatever else, you know, whatever other perception he's trying to give of the kind of man he is. I, I don't know. I'm. The more that I hear Cody speak and the more that I look at him, the more I think there's a big heel underneath all this. I don't buy this. I'm sorry. I'm in the minority here. I'm just, um, now I can't unhear all these fancy words that he says, which I tweeted out. It's, it's almost as if he's trying to create the perception that he's a very well-read, well-traveled, well-traveled, cultured individual who is has a high intellect because he understands a few words that most people don't use to to uh, cover for just plain English that he could use, and it comes off as he tra- it comes off very transparent in what he's trying to do. It's almost as like like I said in my tweet. Like he carries a thesaurus with him while he's traveling. Of course, you just use your phone, but you get my metaphor here. He's carrying a thesaurus with him and he's he's cutting. He's thinking of promos he wants to say. And then he's like, well, instead of this word that everyone uses, what word could I use instead of that? Let's look it up. And he's, you know, fingering through the pages. He's like, that's it. Right. That's how I sound smarter. By substituting in a few words that no one ever uses ever to create the perception of intelligence or the mirage of a higher IQ. I'm not saying Cody's not a smart guy, but stop with the big words, please. You know, stop. Now, somebody may say, well, <laughs> you don't understand what they mean. Here, here's what I'd say to that. Number one, when you're hearing a promo, a wrestling promo, you get the general intent. Okay. You know what they're saying. And you know what they're saying because what they often do is say the big word and then in the following, the very next sentence, they will say the plain English version that they could have said in the first instance so they don't talk over the heads of their fans. So without even knowing the meaning, 
even if I don't know the exact meaning of the fancy word he uses, I still don't miss the message of the promo. And also, why are you doing this as a babyface? As a heel, uh, go for it, bro. That's what you should do. But I can't relate to a guy that uses fancy words on purpose, at least somebody I would never be friends with, ever. Like, never. I Cody Rhodes is a guy that I'm starting to really pull back from. And, and I'm tired of the dusty crap. I'm tired of leaning on your dad, okay? This is not about your dad. We need to stop with the dusty connections. For the, the love of God, can we please stop it? See, this is the, the blessing and curse of being the offspring of a huge historic legendary star because you will forever be compared to that person. But the way you pull away from that is create your own legacy and stop effing mentioning that person, father, mother, whoever stop. But yet they continue to drive the dusty roads point home. Daddy, we'd be proud. Shut up. What are you still worried about your daddy and what he thinks? How old are you? Okay. I know your dad is, he's dead. We know this. Okay. He passed away, all right? But we don't need to harp on this Dusty's thing anymore. It doesn't help Cody Rhodes advance. It reminds you of who his daddy is, and instead of focusing on moving ahead with Cody's career, you continue to remind people of how he got in the business. It's not something you want to continue to harp on. It's okay in the beginning. You have to acknowledge it. But it should fade away over time. Charlotte has done an excellent job. She's a great example. Right? I think Charlotte Flair, lover or hater, she has forged her own legacy and done it in a way that doesn't require her to mention her father every five seconds. Now, look, Ric Flair has had some problems, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the plane ride from hell didn't help. Yeah, we, we all know the womanizer he is. He's had, what, six wives, seven wives, whatever. Okay. He hasn't had the best luck, or rather, he has hadn't hasn't had the best self control. Is probably more of an accurate statement with his uh, marriages. But even if that wasn't the case, and Ric Flair was a actual role model, she didn't and hasn't and shouldn't lean on the Ric Flair name. Now you have to mention him every once in a while, right? If you're if you're somebody cutting a promo against her, you could say, "Well, guess we all know Daddy got you here, right?" But Daddy isn't going to keep you here. And by the way, we should stop mentioning your dad. And in this case, same with Cody. Stop mentioning your dad. I don't know what they're trying to. They're trying to pull at the heartstrings of fans to create empathy and relatability to the guy that, oh, maybe maybe you have a dad or a mom that passed away and you're still trying to make them proud. Well, oh, my goodness, I can relate to that. Okay, I would say most of us listening to this probably still have one or both parents still alive. Most, okay, if we're lucky. But I just, I don't know. That's that's point number one. Actually, a couple of points I made, but it's all under, I guess, the umbrella of point number one. His his suits, nobody I know goes around when they don't have to in $80,000 suits. And anybody that you know, the if this, they have a character trait of using big words to impress you, tell me you would be friends with that person. You wouldn't. It says so much about them in just that one little character trait. 
So there's strike two for Cody Rhodes. Now, I've already mentioned his lisp. I'm not going to go over it. It's still distracting, but that's me. Maybe if it, if you can ignore it, great. For me, it's still distracting, and it still takes away from his promos. That's just a fact for me, okay? Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Uh, now, I'm going to get to the actual of what happened on Raw in a second. I'm going to get to it, I promise. But I just wanted to make the point about Cody Rhodes leaning on his daddy's emotions and, oh, I'm doing this for daddy. Now, he doesn't say it just like that, but the tone of it is like that, where I'm doing this for daddy who couldn't win the, he couldn't win the belt for our family. I'm going to do it for our, my family, gosh darn it. And, and and constantly talking about Dusty, Seth Rollins wearing the polka dots on Hell in a Cell. I understand he was doing it in a mocking fashion and trying to play mind games. As Apparently, that's the only phrase Byron Saxton knows. Uh, but I'm just, I can't relate to the guy. And week by week, as it goes by, I am more and more pulling away from ever supporting Cody Rhodes in this version of his babyface character. That doesn't mean he's not a great uh, wrestler. He's very good in the ring. Excellent in the ring. His The content of his promos, when you take away all the, all the, uh, all the words that are more eloquent than they need to be the content of his promos are good he's got a good presence okay could i do without the bleach blonde uh, you know 2001 justin timberlake dyed bleach blonde hair probably but it does fit him so there's that okay and then then comes the injury and let me get to the actual content of the show we had cody rhodes say that you know uh what about if in four weeks time I'm able to climb that ladder and get the briefcase. Well, you're having surgery uh, tomorrow, bro. Well, two days from then, but now it's tomorrow on Wednesday or today as you're listening. He's having surgery. What makes you think you're going to be able to be cleared by the doctors and or even compete physically able to compete in that match in what, four weeks time? Yeah, so I don't know. Um, he's talking about it, and then Seth comes out, interrupts him, and says that, you know, after you showed me what you did last night, I, you earned my respect, shakes his hand, goes to the back. Cody follows, and then wham, with the sledgehammer to the back of the head, which I actually thought was undersold. Like, if someone actually takes a sledgehammer to the back of your effing head, you wouldn't go down and grab your arm. Okay, you'd either be dead which, I mean, it's pro wrestling, so you can't do that. But at least you'd be knocked out, okay? And yet he grabs his arm? That was weird. Now, I know the actual pain is in his arm, but if you're going to do this spot, you, you got to make it look good. Th- that sledgehammer shot to the back of the head was, wasn't even a part of the story. It was all about his torn pec. I wouldn't give an F about my torn pec. I'd be worried that I'm dead. I got brain injury, right? I got, I got, a, I, I got a brain bleed. My skull's crushed in. That's what I'm worried about. And yet they're focusing on the arm. Uh, it was just, it was funny. Now, again, I know the real injury is the arm, but at least if you're going to sell this injury, there's nothing more vile you can do than hit a, hit somebody in the back of the head with a sledgehammer. If you're not going to sell that, there's nothing you'll sell. It was just weird for two, for two for for a guy that is actually very good in the ring. Cody Rhodes uh, and WWE. I mean, that that wasn't the story they were trying to tell. I understand that that wasn't the body part that was part of the story. But for God's sake, sell that sledgehammer to the back of the head. 
You'd be knocked out. It looked like someone, they might as well have just, you know, hit a nice forearm shot. I mean, that's how he sold it. I don't know. I, I'm, the, the good thing about this is you have two excellent wrestlers that are continuing this program. And Seth came out and he attacked the, the shoulder. He stomped on it and, you know, just was in a trance, just kind of a, 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 um, a trance, so to speak. And so they're clearly going to continue this whenever we have Cody Rhodes return. So we're getting part four, guys. I know that some of you are just maybe tired of this already, but they're so damn good together and WWE recognizes it that they're going to go beyond the average of a program, which is three matches. And I'm cool with it. Whenever that takes place, if it's at SummerSlam, if a miracle happens, uh, or more likely late in the year, if that four to six month window is true, which is what the number that I've been hearing is true, then we're probably looking at, uh, you know, wintertime when he returns. So, all right. Well, that was a uh, one thing that happened on Monday night. Raw. Let's see what else happened. We also got uh, the Miz and riddle as Maurice returned for Miz TV. And I got to say, if you're, if you're a straight man, uh, it was difficult to focus on anything she was saying. Okay. It, it was a very non PG outfit. And, <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. I mean, uh, if you ask me what color her dress was, I couldn't tell you. Okay, let me just put. <laughs> I'm just gonna be straight with you. I mean, I don't. I don't know what color her dress was. I couldn't tell you anything. Um, I could tell you about a couple of things, but uh, pun intended. So, anyway, um, the 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 whole point of this segment here was to uh, bring out Riddle. He talks about Randy. Uh, you know, so he's keeping Randy in the fresh in the minds of fans and saying, I love you, Randy, all that stuff. And we also have a, uh, a match of course that took place between the Miz and Riddle, which we all knew what was really going to happen there. And the whole, the premise of this game with talking about Miz's balls, uh, you know, and and, and it it wasn't great. I mean, a little sophomoric and we had, Maurice say he has very average balls and Miz is like no 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 he's like uh, signaling to her say bigger bigger and you know she she plays along it was it was I don't know it wasn't the worst thing I've seen like I'd rather have this than Miz and Morrison ever together again I mean if if I die and never see them together again it'd be too soon so yeah I mean uh that that whole segment was was okay uh, and having Riddle get the victory with the RKO was exactly what you would think it would be. What was interesting to note is Ciampa who attacked Riddle. Who, who like what? What is Ciampa doing? Is is? I mean, he's just. It's almost like he's playing Twister with who he's going to attack. What I mean by that is, if I mean, who the hell hasn't played Twister? The board in Twister where you spin the little thing. And it's like he has names on there instead of colors. And he's like, who am I going to attack tonight for no reason behind, you know, from behind and then just stand there and oh, riddle. You're up tonight. It's kind of what it is. Like, what the hell? No one's even talking about him. Like When he does something, there's no consequence. He just does that. And everyone accepts that he did it. And then he disappears into the, you know, the, the, the mist. And we never see him again until he comes out again from hibernation and does it again. I don't know. I, it's like they're, they're they're testing to see what the reaction is with Champa, 
and then whatever big the biggest reaction they get from at whatever random star he's attacking at the time is the feud they're going to go with with him. I I don't know. I don't think they know what to do with Champa. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, they 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 can't tell me they do. So all right, let's see here: the Street Profits versus the Usos. Um, the 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 premise of this was a championship contenders match, which. I mean, that's kind of implied if you are in a, a non-title match with the champions and you somehow beat the champions, then wouldn't it be implied that you you are, should be in the conversation for a uh, future title opportunity? You know, and, and furthermore, why wouldn't you make it a number one contenders match right then and there? Because if you're saying that, okay, the Usos lose to the Street Profits, the Street Profits are awarded this quote-unquote future opportunity for the Raw tag team title or the undisputed tag team titles. Well, what if the Usos then go on SmackDown, have a title uh, defense against uh, whoever, and they drop the belts? Well, what about the Street Profits now? Because now, wouldn't their quote-unquote championship contender victory be null and void because the champions are that they beat are no longer the champions? I don't know. I'm digging way too deep here, but I don't like the term championship contender matchup. It's nothing more than a marketing slogan that has no meaning behind it. There's it's it's just an obscure purposefully vague statement that's meant to make a match that has no stipulation to make it appear bigger than it is. Right? That's it. I don't know why they feel the need. I guess they don't have confidence in the names or the stories themselves to sell themselves. So they try to add something to the match that really doesn't need to be added or doesn't belong there or is implied already. So that's what to me is a championship contender match. But that's what that really means is, hey, guys, we we don't want to make this too plain because we don't we don't aren't going to rely on and we don't trust the names in this match to sell the match. So we're going to add something that sounds important, but in reality, it's very vague and we may not follow through on it. That's what this means. That's exactly what a championship contenders match means. That's all. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> so, uh, but this matchup ended with the street profits defeating the Usos after the Usos were counted out. So they, the Street Profits get a future title opportunity, whatever the hell and whenever the hell that means. So, all right, let's take a quick break, guys. Uh, we're going to give some love to the sponsor of the show today, and then we'll be back with much more on Monday Night Raw. Do you guys want a great place to watch live TV at no cost? Then head to DuPontNow.com. That's DuPont, D-U-P, O-N-T-Now.com. It's available on Roku, Fire TV, or on any Android device. Some of the networks you get are Artist United TV, Afrobeat, which is 24 hours of music videos, CNBC, Family Feud, Film Rise, and Film Hub, as well as Maverick Black Cinema. Again, there is no cost to you. Head over to DuPontNow.com and go watch live TV for free. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, let's move on here. 
and talk about what do I want to talk about? Twenty four seven championship. Let's start with something. <laughs> I don't want to say good. It's, this could have been worse. Okay, this may have been the most relevant the twenty four seven championship has been in a, a, a year or more. And I say that because it actually made the cut on Hulu, which it has not made the cut on Hulu in many, many, many months. And having Becky Lynch be involved in a 24-7 championship matchup, I didn't hate it, surprisingly. And the reason is because it was unexpected. Okay, unexpected by its nature is a little more exciting. And if you're trying to prompt up a championship that is on life support or already dead then Becky Lynch is certainly one to help do that. And it wasn't the worst segment in the world, although Dana Brooke beating Becky Lynch, I don't know. Uh, Dana Brooke is, it's amazing she's still there. It's amazing she hasn't been in the 4,000 cuts they've made over the last couple of years that she survived them all. I have no idea. It's almost as if, <laughs> have you got, if you guys have seen the, um, the movie Office Space. It's got kind of a cult following at this point. It's in the late nineties. Uh, if you if you know, you know, right? I it's it's that whole acronym I Y K Y K. Right? I'm trying to keep up with the acronyms, guys, with the kids. But it, it's almost like when Milton is ac- was actually fired by the company, but he doesn't know he was fired, so they just stop paying him, <laughs> and they say that well, the the, the glitch. We fixed the glitch, right? We fixed the glitch, so the rest of it will kind of work itself out, meaning he'll get the message. He doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> I think I think Dana Brooks like the Milton of WWE. Uh, I, I, I don't know why I'm making that connection, but it, <laughs> maybe she was released uh, or, you know, and she doesn't know it. Uh, and they're just like, you know, letting her live out her days in WWE, but the paychecks have stopped coming and then she'll eventually get the message and they don't have the heart to tell her. I, I don't know. Um, so she beats Dana Brooke here or Dana Brooks beats Becky Lynch with an assist from Oscar. And as Oscar made an entrance in the middle of the matchup and uh, distracted her because that's just a, one of the most used finishes in WWE. But the, the, the couple of things here that I, <sighs> take exception to and that's the whole roll around the ring like like a big snowball that they did with uh, Becky and Dana they did it to a point where it was it wasn't funny it was just just it came across a little bit silly and you know I, I wouldn't mind if they did a couple of rolls to try to you know do pin after pin after pin. Who's going to get the pin, uh, pinfall victory? But they did it in a way that's, I mean, they, they were literally just rolling around the ring like a snowball. And it was too much for me. I, I know it was supposed to be quote unquote entertainment, but I don't know. Not my thing, guys. I'm not going to rant about it. It just wasn't my thing. Now, uh, we of course, we got Akira Tozawa at ringside who just continues to lose to the the, the, the dreaded roll-up, which is, by the way, the only way you can win the 24-7 championship. It's, it's, I think it's, it, it's law. Pretty sure it's going to be you know, written into the Constitution at some point uh, that you, you know, the only methodology that you can use to, to win that 24-7 championship or to, uh, to lose is by the roll-up, is via the roll-up. Schoolboy, roll-up, whatever you want to call it. That's the only method, or you will be put in jail. So that is another segment here. Becky Lynch 
starts to lose her mind. Slowly, she's descending into madness. Okay, Veer Mahan, my boy DJ. Here we go, guys. Um, if you're back in the mailbag, I don't I hope I don't steal your segment tomorrow. But Veer Mahan defeated Dominic Mysterio via disqualification after interference from Ray. Veer was dominating when Mysterio said he had seen enough and he interfered to save his son. Um, I, I don't care about Dominic. I, I, I just, I don't. I have zero sympathy, zero connection. He's, he's fine in the ring. That's his only saving grace. And the other saving grace is that his last name is Mysterio. That's it for me right now. I really have nothing to say about this. Okay, I already talked about Finn Balor. Omas defeated Cedric Alexander after a choke bomb. So Omas is back to uh, domination. Ezekiel defeated Otis with a crucifix. And then after the match, Ezekiel challenged Owens to a rematch from Hell in a Cell. Owens then agreed as long as Ezekiel admitted he was actually Elias, which Ezekiel did. So that was... That was funny. Uh, Owens said uh, the rematch was on, and then Ezekiel took a page from Owens' playbook, and he said he told a lie, and he said he is Ezekiel, not Elias. So while it was fun to hear Ezekiel admit he was Elias, he turned the tables on Owens by saying, you know, I just I take a page from your book, and I was lying. So it sent uh, Owens back into his own madness of his life mission, which is to prove that Ezekiel is, in fact, Elias. So I'm, I'm cool with their rematch. I have no problem with it, and I would imagine that this is going to be the final payoff, which is at Money in the Bank or maybe on Running at Raw. All right, we got the... Uh, let's see, hold on. I want to make sure I didn't miss anything before the Raw main event here. All right, well, I think that's it, though. So, yeah, let's just get to the Raw main event, which was the women's matchup, that fatal four-way... That felt very underwhelming, I gotta say. Rhea Ripley versus Dewdrop versus Liv Morgan versus Alexa Bliss with Nikki A.S.H. on the outside. And Bianca, who has found a home, sitting at ringside, not saying anything and just making faces. I mean, she has done that like three out of the four weeks the last month. I, I don't know. Why have they neutered Bianca Belair? Meaning, she can talk. She can talk pretty damn well. And she's starting to lose that connection with the fans. I think it's starting right now, and it's been going on for some time. Why are they deciding to neuter her by not even letting her on commentary so the people at home can hear her? You know, send her softball questions. Why does she sit there and just sit at ringside with no headset on and just just completely a non-participant. Now, the storyline would be, well, she's trying to scout her talent. Well, you can't do that with, you know, the the the, the million HD TVs that are backstage and all the various camera angles. I would argue that it's actually a better way to study your opponent when you're not in person, but rather take advantage of all of the camera angles and the ability to start and stop things with, you know, your phone or all the TVs backstage, or whatever, but uh, anyway, uh, again, I'm digging too deep. That's like the theme tonight. I'm going too deep in things that no one thinks about. Great for the show. I'm sure people are really engaged at that, uh, but this this matchup was fine. You know, Alexa Bliss 
got a very underwhelming reaction, I have to say, which was discouraging. Her music, I don't think, is nearly as fun as it used to be with her, uh, you know, her, her old Lily kind of dark character and or the the goddess, which preceded that. So, yep, Alexa Bliss was a fan favorite and she had a chance at one point to win the matchup, didn't win. Rhea Ripley defeated Dewdrop with her Riptide that almost didn't get up. I mean, look, Dewdrop's a big girl. She just is. And I think Rhea Ripley nearly botched that with Dewdrop because of how heavy she is. And they made it look okay. I mean, it wasn't the most smooth Riptide we've ever seen. Let's just put it that way. But I think they did a fairly good job at the finish given you know the, the size differential and so uh ripley beats dewdrop and we have a new number one contender for the raw women's championship which as much as i kind of put down some things here number one the match was okay but number two a really good thing rhea ripley versus versus bianca belair is gonna be badass these two working together is magic Every time I've seen them in the ring together, it's been magic. I have nothing against Rhea Ripley and, Sa- and Sasha Banks. I keep saying that. Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, I think they will do excellent. And I have no concerns at all. So I'm looking forward to that matchup at Hell in a Cell, presumably. And I think it's going to be a awesome match. And th- what makes it different, what makes these two different, is they have very similar styles. They're quick, they're athletic, but the strength of both of them is unmatched. So that's what's going to make this fun. They are built in a way that is unusual for the quote-unquote typical woman. So, which makes this an advantage. That's a good thing. So, all right. Well, I think that covers Monday Night Raw, everybody. If you want more content that's not from me and you want to change it up and stop listening to my voice, and you want to hear Ashley Mann, go to the Kick-Ash podcast, guys. She would love for you guys to subscribe. She put up the Hell in a Cell review. She talked about John Cena. That's in her latest episode. So Kick-Ash, A-S-H, the Kick-Ash podcast. Check it out really anywhere you can find a podcast, as well as the Evolutionary Wrestling Podcast. It's called the Evolutionary Wrestling Podcast, hosted by Grace. I really encourage you guys to go check that out. Both excellent voices in the wrestling community and always fun when you get an actual, you know, an intelligent person talking about wrestling. But when they're a woman talking about wrestling, it makes it even better because I don't think there's enough female voices in wrestling. And more people honestly pay attention to a female voice, given that it's a male audience, something psychological there. Uh, But thank you, everybody, for listening. I really do appreciate it. Consider going ad free at patreon.com slash WWE podcast if you want everything ad free for a dollar. And, and exclusive shows and discord servers and shout outs literally a dollar will get that for you or you can get video for five dollars and up there are video messages I, I do occasionally that are only exclusive for the uh, smackdown tier and higher but hey go ad free on apple podcasts 99 cents a month or our website vip go vip on our website and get all our content ad free. Okay. That's enough. Thank you everybody for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with the mailbag until then. Take care. And I'll talk to you next time. Do you guys want a great Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So you don't miss a show or head to WWE And for all of these shows ad free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, Afro, which is 24 hours of music videos, CNBC, 
Family Feud, Film Rise, and Film Hub, as well as Maverick Black Cinema. Again, there is no cost to you. Head over to dupontnow.com and go watch live TV for free.